Boom! What up, ladies and gentlemen? S-H-I-T. So happy it's Thursday. We are ready to rock and roll on another episode, and man, is it a good one. Now, I'm coming to you from uh, being an entrepreneur and having a certain mindset and having a certain bit of skepticism, and we got a hypnotist, professional hypnotist on the show. So we're going to find out how he helps entrepreneurs like myself get your mind shifted in the right direction. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros on the solo. All right, ladies and gents, with over 250,000 people that have been hypnotized, I want to welcome and bring to the show Jason Lynette. How you doing, Jason? You know, I'm doing awesome and I'm so happy because clearly everyone in your audience woke up this morning going, you know, I'm, I just need a hypnotist and we can now deliver. Well, let's see. <laughs> the audience agrees. The there audience we go. Nice. Ready <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, how, how did you get into like you just one day got hypnotized and decided you were going to be a hypnotist? How did it work out? You know, a lot of people first encounter this because of like the entertainment side of it, the comedy hypnosis mm -hmm. show. And someone came to my college, did a show, and it was friends of mine who were up on the stage, which right there was the conviction that, okay, there's something to this that I didn't yet understand and just kind of went off on this uh, wild journey of learning as much as I could eventually leaving a career in management behind the scenes in professional arts companies. And it was this moment of going, here's this hobby where I was at the time doing programs of an educational nature, as well as working with clients one-to-one -one, and kind of burning out beautifully in another career. And just uh, mm. what was a five-year plan became two weeks notice and have not looked back. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, right? That's a yeah, good yeah. Thing. And and I've I've heard of uh you know professional hypnotists helping people with all kinds of different things. Not you know yes, it's fun and the the whole cluck like a chicken thing you know that comes up from time to time. But I, people have like effectively used hypnosis to you know one day quit smoking and that's it. You know one of the hardest habits to kick in the world. They go in, sit down, and all of a sudden they come out and they don't have that craving anymore. They don't want to do something. How does stuff like that work? Yeah. So to look me up further online, that's mostly what I've done for most of my career, that it began by seeing the entertainment side. And then I made the happy mistake of buying the wrong books. <laughs> Everything yeah. was on the hypnotherapy stuff. And I just became ravenous for that. So opened up an office in Northern Virginia. Here's the sort of Cliff's Notes version of all things hypnosis. First of all, it's not a matter of belief or disbelief. There's advances in science, there's research in terms of neurological scans where we can validate where it's happening, why it's happening, and how to reproduce it. And then in terms of the change process, we're in a beautiful era now where everything comes back to what we call evidence-based strategies. So not, here's the technique I think is fun, let's try it out. Instead, here's the stuff that was actually effective in a clinical trial, and let's base it upon that. Really, at the end of the day, the, the element of belief that does come into play is working on the belief structure that either something has to be hard or something could be easy. And really, the main point of a personal change is let's take a step back and remove hypnosis from the equation. People make massive changes in their life, either through repetition or intensity. 
So my mm. first success, I've seen thousands of people helping them to quit smoking with hypnosis. The first success, I was four years old. I don't want to go to grandpa's house. He smells bad. And that <laughs> message being relayed, he threw out what he told me was a two pack a day habit, the cigar on the drive mm. home, the pipe after dinner. We're talking a significant amount of cigarettes and tobacco there. And just like that, from a position of let's call it prestige, something now meant more to him. Mm. And to, to really ask him before he passed away a number of years ago, to ask him, he goes, yeah, something else was more important. So what we're doing in a change process is hypnosis is that bypassing of that critical part of the mind. We're helping that person do that on purpose and take very often the stuff they've already been saying to themselves and let that become that new normal, that new automatic response. Liam says, wow. Like, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Cause, cause I, I know that when, when you're talking about there, when you value something a little bit different, when you, when you decide that this thing is more important than the other in life, we always make those drastic changes. When a child is born, we now have a different uh, ambition in life, right? When Absolutely. we get married, you know, there's a whole different perspective. Uh, it's part of, it's part of growing up. We have a different, uh, you know, it's something that we value is differently. Now, when somebody starts a business, I, I remember, you know, being 21, starting my first business and, uh, you know, I, I was going to conquer the world. You know, I'm going to be rich by the time I'm 25. I'm going to have this house, this beautiful, you know, beautiful wife, kids, car, like all these things that I want in life. And then you kind of fast forward a little bit and you have a lot of entrepreneurs that get stuck. They're, they're now all of a sudden that business that they started has become the job that they hate to go to, or mm. they never <laughs> decided to go that route and they're stuck on their nine to five. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's easy to say, you know, I'm going to value this other thing differently, but it's difficult to actually make that mind shift. How are you helping them do that? So one part of that would be that again, one strategy we use for one person may be different for someone else. I found myself, my story was I was so fed up with another job that it became, I'm going to sign a big scary lease as the motivator because then I have to make it work. Anybody who has children, have you ever tried to get a seven-year-old out of a swimming pool? Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> so in that respect, one part of that is just simply breaking down the strategy because it is massive to kind of step back and go, I got to build this entire thing. The, the correlation is to reveal the fact that, you know what, running a marathon is actually really easy. Surprisingly, it is compared to, compared to training for a marathon. Mm. That's, that's where the real work is put in. So I tend to say for someone who's brand new in business, let's say it's a product or a service it's a matter of what their timeline might be, what their finances might be. So I just kind of jumped ship and went, let's do this. When for other students of mine and people who have gone through my programs, it's become, okay, if they're a service-related industry, maybe they carve out one evening. And it's where I tend to say, don't lie to people because that's wrong, but it's where a little bit of clever framing can get us a long way. Because you know what? My schedule is full. However, I've got Tuesday night open if that's a match for you, which might be the only time they have available. Maximize that time. And now, hey, I'm schedule's pretty full, but I've got Tuesday nights and Saturday mornings. Oh, what's best for you? So to find that way we can edge into the process, though the core of it, I think the bigger idea is the revelation that the word because could either become every reason to do something, but the word because becomes every reason why we don't do something. Years ago, two clients, they didn't know each other. They didn't cross paths. And I'll shorten the story here. But for one, now that I'm retired, it's going to be easy to lose weight. For the other one, now that I'm retired, it's going to be impossible to lose weight. 
And it's where you don't want to just smack someone with advice because that gets hit like a wall. But I had someone on the phone the other day who was in one of my programs going, yeah, I don't know if it's the right time to start a business because I got two kids. We just got a puppy. Uh, I'm doing a new exercise program and there's a pandemic. There's a lot going on. And I went, we, we just got the puppy two, three weeks ago. <laughs> and that's kind of every reason why I'm looking at my business to go, how do I automate better? How do I systematize better? How do I make it so things run better without me having to be there? So it's not the old story. It's the reaction to the old story that has to be adjusted. Well, when you, when you, and speaking of the reaction, when you talked about those two scenarios, one of them that says, you know, it's going to be impossible for me to lose weight. And the other one that says it's, it's going to be a perfect time for me to lose weight. They're both right. You know, right, they, yeah. they're, they're both correct in the sense that whatever you decide in your own mind to be your reality, that's your reality. It's one of those, you know, awesome matrix movies, right? Where, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just a chemical reaction in your brain. Essentially, you've made the decision whether you, you consciously know you've made the decision or not. You've made the decision that this is the path that you're going to be going on. Uh, and, and I'm assuming when you're sitting with clients, when it comes to hypnosis, it's kind of realigning that path and getting them in a position where, you know, you still have made the decision. Decision, it's just the path or the goal might be a little bit different. We're realigning where you're going. Uh, I, I just like figuratively like pick me up and turn me around and put me on the yellow brick road. And that's the direction I want you to go. In. Can't go wrong with a good Wizard of Oz reference in there too. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because, oh, I mean, here's the day that the guy was into quit smoking and he points his finger at me and he says, yeah, but you're just going to persuade me today. Mm. And the answer was, yes, I've yes. taken notes of everything you've told me and I'm going to say it back to you in such a way that it sticks. And he goes, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So it's where we, we know what we ought to be doing. We very often know. I mean, here's, here's the story that kind of transitions to what I do mostly these days, which was that it was a medical doctor in the office. And we don't have to be flawless in order to help someone out. And for her, she was an incredible general practitioner in terms of just family doctor, medical doctor, yet fear of public speaking. She had a specific clientele that she wanted to see more of. And so she found, as we would do in business, where do they gather? And let the question now be, what can I give them? So rather than go there and just give a talk on what her service was, she went and she taught something very specific, which then had a very natural pivot at the end to go. And if you want more like this, here's how we can work together. Very non-salesy. And what happened was, Part of my origin story here was that I never assumed it was supposed to be hard to launch a business. The whole scare tactic of most small businesses fail, it's going to be slow your first year. I just was never, quote, sold on that premise. So I just kind of jumped in and went, hey, let's figure this thing out, which people in other wellness industries, first of all, started to notice. And even in my first year of opening up shop, this is now back to 2009, I was then suddenly teaching people who had been doing this work longer than I'd been alive, how to get clients, how to build referral networks, how to get front page coverage of the newspaper. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm, I'm new. It's like, okay, because I never assumed it was supposed to be hard. Mm -hmm. So the story with this one client, the doctor, was that she came in for the fear. And this is a good lesson for anyone out there. In the 21st century, they're going to Google you. They're going to look you up. They're going to check into you. And she did that. She saw tons of reviews on the hypnosis side. Yet she started to also see the business stuff. And it's the second appointment. She goes, well, I haven't given the talk yet, but we did uh, a meeting for our staff. And I got up and presented something. And you know what? I had fun. 
it <laughs> felt like I was putting on a show. I enjoyed it. Wow, that was quick. Hey, by the way, I brought in my presentation. Can you look at my opening? What? <laughs> and suddenly we're we're punching up her delivery. And it was almost a throwaway moment, but then suddenly I'm looking and going, that story on page two is amazing. Open with that. Draw them in with the story, excite the visuals, the kinesthetics, the 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 sounds in their mind, sweep them into an experience, and now bam, this is who I am. This is what I do. So it's the principle I now teach of give them a reason to care before you ever ask them to listen. So it was like, a happy accident. Like, yeah. It's, it's a hook. It's a hook. You're getting them to connect with you on a personal level. You're getting them to, uh, you know, intrigue, getting them intrigued into what it is that you're going to be talking about. And then you deliver on that. And then of course you remind them of what it is. I mean, that's, that's the same fundamentals that we see over and over again. But I think we, as humans, we complicate a lot of those things. We, uh, and I think when you were talking about the whole fear thing, you know, it's funny because I, we've been doing podcasting now for, uh, since 2018 and, uh, I was so adamant about if you have a business, just like Gary Vee says, right? If you have a business, you need to be, you know, on a podcast. You need to start doing yeah. that. You need to start putting yourself out there. Uh, and prior to COVID, it was like pulling teeth to get somebody to stand in front of a camera and, you know, speak. Like it was, it was really, really weird. Now today, you know, most people are okay with, you know, zooming a call. No, no big deal. It's, it's, it's become more of the normal, but I don't think everybody quite equates that with standing in front of a crowd. And when you talked about the doctor standing in front of a crowd, talking about something she knew that she was confident in and she had fun, that's an amazing transition because most of us have something that we know that we're confident about, that we've learned, that we talk about on a regular basis. It's part of our profession. And yet we keep that to us like, like little secrets. Like we don't want to share these things. We don't want to tell anybody. But if we just were to share those things, you you would light up a room just like she did. Is, is I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. And actually, we get a little technical with this and refer to it as what's called anchoring, the ability to connect a sensory experience with another sensory experience which if you want a lesson on how to give a quality presentation, uh, it might be a while given the year that we're in, but I flash back to going to a Willie Nelson concert. My <laughs> mother was and still is a massive fan of his. And I brought her along because it was a Mother's Day present. I got tickets. The man puts on a show, three hours on stage. The band took two breaks. He never left the stage. And the texture is what stood out. You know, On the Road Again suddenly plays the song everyone knows. And it's this big, rowdy country music song. But then suddenly he had the duet years ago with um, Julio Iglesias to all the girls I loved before. And the man's doing a comedy act now because he's doing both voices. Then suddenly <laughs> he regressed the audience back as if they were children. Because yes, indeed, Rainbow Connection from the Muppet movie was next. Wow. So to look at how if we're presenting, let's paint with emotion. Let's paint with texture rather than tell them how they're supposed to feel, bring them into the room, bring them into the experience. And like you just said, let's not necessarily keep that to ourselves. Now I have a very specific memory when my daughter was three months old and it was a busy day. She fell asleep on me. And in that moment, time stood completely still. Mm -hmm. And just by shifting my posture, by bringing my awareness to my breathing and just kind of dropping the, the sort of energy ball of the breathing lower, I can bring myself back to that same emotional state in seconds. The way that the actor can access tears, laughter, any emotion from a, from a genuine place, which the correlation to this, 
here's a time I got off a call on a business uh, consult for giving a keynote. And it was one of these beautiful moments where I could not come up with enough stuff to sell them. They wanted anything and everything I could come up with. And they loved every bit of it in the final delivery. Yet as soon as I got off the call, it was this celebratory clap of the hands of in that moment. And consistently to this day, people see there's hundreds of videos that are all online in different channels. What you don't see is one, it's always the last take because the first couple suck. And second of all, the camera turns on, it's that clap. I can bring myself into that same emotional physiological state. So the, the sort of paraphrase here is let's plagiarize from your own best experiences rather than invent from scratch. Let's copy and paste what's already there. Because even as I teach influential words and patterns and specific business applications, we've got to go back to that foundation of what we can just now call emotional intelligence, that I can access that confidence. I can step into that in the zone state of mind. I can access sincerity in a real way that's not fake, it's not put on, it's genuine because I'm sourcing from something from myself. And the mindset is that by accessing that, I'm giving that as a gift to the person that I'm now interacting with to really be there and bring something personal of my quality to that interaction too. Well, let's hover on this emotion here because I know exactly where the hiccup is on that aspect because everything you're saying logically makes sense, yeah. right? Every, everything is, it, it totally, it's totally legit. I mean, anchoring, uh, you know, anchoring, adjusting, you know, all kinds of uh, different behavioral economic terms uh, or behavioral terms anyways. But here's the reality of it. For you to be genuine with that emotion requires you to be vulnerable at some yes. point, right? And that is the biggest hiccup that most human beings, myself and almost anybody else has, is the the willingness to be vulnerable. Step uh, one, step one, uh, stop saying it's difficult. There step you go. one. <laughs> that, that, you know what? That's true because that's what you, right. you're telling yourself. But that that is the hiccup that I see in, in uh, over and over and over again. Why won't you get me behind the camera? Well, you know, I don't like the way I look. I don't like my voice. I don't like whatever. Uh, why, you know, share a story with me. Well, this one time I saw somebody that's going to be, you know, the stories that and those work too. But what you're describing is to pull from within. Right. And, and, and not many people are willing to pull from within because they're afraid of that judgment that comes afterwards. Right. Which doesn't really happen as much as the people think it does, but we fear that. I'm laughing because there's a friend of mine who was a corporate speaker in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I was sitting with him one time at a conference and he goes, this guy is going to do the tie routine. I'm like, what do you mean? And the speaker suddenly on cue sat down, loosened the tie and just pretended to be so frustrated. And it just came across as so false, so <laughs> fabricated. And people in the audience started chuckling which I think is the best way to say, if you're going to go there, let it be genuine, which makes me now talk about Spaceballs, the Mel Brooks movie, because that's yes. a logical transition. Because this is a what I defend- Flamethrower. Yeah, this is what I defend about that movie. It took three films of Star Wars for Luke to figure out he already knew the Force. Mel Brooks nailed it in one movie. It took one movie for Lone Star to realize he had the Schwartz and <laughs> from a Cracker Jack box. So the principle I'm getting at it's a four-step mindset, and here it is. Simply put, this is just learning. The more you do something, the better you're going to get at it. And then again, the better you get at it, the less you're going to need it as a technique. So mm -hmm. it's going to start in something that takes a bit of effort. And, and 
back to emotion. It comes around to what's appropriate for the context. Because to be bawling my eyes out because of that sad thing that happened when I was little maybe isn't the best way to close a sale. Right. Might be, right. but I've yet to find that specific situation in my own business. <laughs> but instead, this place of really enjoying the moment, being in the experience, present with somebody, I can really do that with them. But at the same time, I can access almost as if like a method actor, what is it that I have within myself to bring to it? So the way that the actor, to talk that method, they're accessing some specific emotion of their own. But then sourcing that emotion, bringing it into the context of the play that they're presenting, the character that they're doing, which then further, the more you do it, the easier it gets, the easier it gets, the less you need it as a technique, to which now it's purely the character. But they almost use that, let's say like on a computer, the clipboard to copy and paste and get there a little bit faster. That, yeah, I, I actually, I, I really like that because I make a connection to the whole podcasting space. You are episode 595 and I tell people all the time, I mean, episode one is horrible. It sucked. It wasn't very good at all. I mean, we, you know, it, it's just the way it is, but that's because on episode one, I was worried about, did I plug in the wire? Did I hit the record button? Did you yeah. know, is everything going on? And I'm not really concentrating on what's actually going on, which is the conversation that I'm having right. today. I don't worry about that sort of stuff because I've done it so many times. It's not a technique anymore. It's just part of what I do. Uh, and and that that is the same thing with almost everything else. I get up at the same time every day. Why? And sometimes the alarm helps me. Sometimes I don't need it because it's just something that I do on a regular basis. So how different is it from changing that mindset to creating a habit that can put you in a position to achieve whatever you want to achieve? Well, this is where it kind of all comes full circle because – Part of the story was that I figured out that by taking the methods that I was using with clients one-to-one -to, -one to facilitate a change, if I lifted those out and brought those into the sales process, epiphany number one was that the journey from curious shopper to satisfied buyer was almost identical to I'm in this problem and I need something to help me resolve it. The journey was almost identical and how, as I now branded a few hypnotic language hacks to speak with more authority, to have a better mindset, where this is the whole thing about why are so many public speakers pacing? Because they don't know where they should stand. Mm -hmm. Which again, the longer we hang out, the more specific and more odd my cultural references get. The opening of Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby with Will <laughs> Ferrell. The race car, is being, race car driver is being interviewed for the first time on television. And what's he doing? Where do I put my hands mm. by your sides like this? And he just doesn't know how to be natural on camera as opposed to just talk. So to look at how, if we go into a situation, I live by the mindset that frameworks equal freedom. So I could focus all of my energy on showing up, being present, convincing myself somewhere in my mind that the little lens that I'm looking at is that one specific person out there that if they don't hear my message today, I am not fulfilling an ethical responsibility to let it become easy for them to find me. So that that's one part of what I do when I'm connecting on camera and imagining it's not a lens. It's not a Logitech webcam. It's not a Canon camera. It's a person on the other side of that. That being said too, we can go there even faster if we now have a framework to say, let's say, here's my seven steps that I'll do if I'm doing a video. And there's a reason why it's in that specific order. And frameworks equal freedom. The benefit now is 
I've got that framework as a launching point. That's going to instill a greater sense of confidence in my delivery and certainty in what I have to say. And then even better, if I have a reason to change up the template, now I'm working with intention. Now I'm working mm -hmm. with purpose as opposed to turn on the camera and talk about what you do. And that's where people lose it. That's where people lose that focus. The, the fear in my experience, and this is a massive mind read, but man, is it working for me. <laughs> the mind read is that if they're afraid of the camera, if they're uncomfortable, they're internalizing that experience to be about themselves. What I say instead is project all of that message on one specific person, that ideal avatar. Cut out the royal we stuff. We can help you with this. And for those of you with that, no, you and I can work on this. And here's what we're going to do together. I like that, uh, especially because I've been focusing a lot of my attention on my ideal client, who that person is that I am speaking to on a regular basis uh, on, on multiple levels, on different types of contents and different types of platforms. But changing the vocabulary to specifically say you and I, uh, while the camera's focused, uh, you know, while, while that, that little lens is on. That's, that hasn't been the easiest thing, but it's getting better. It's progressively getting better. And that's, and that's the, that's one of the keys. And here's the other thing for me personally, I've noticed as I fine tune my ideal client, it tends to be the guy that I'm looking at in the mirror. I, I'm, I'm focusing my attention on exactly, you know, who am I, where am I at? What am I struggling with? What am I working on? What am I improving on? And as I learn those things, I'm sharing it I'm sharing my story as I go along, documenting versus creating. And it and I've noticed when I do that and I speak to that person who's who's just like me five minutes ago, maybe, that's when people connect with you. That's when people are like, yes, that's the message I want to go. That's when the DMs start coming in. That's when the messaging starts coming right. If I'm if I'm vague and I'm in I'm, I'm in a general space, generally nobody comes and talks to me. But if right, I'm yes. direct, if I'm direct, that is where we win that that battle. But there's an amazing example of this, even from last night that I was on the call with a student of mine that he's a personal trainer and just had a quick question about his website and the timing was right. I go, oh, just call me right now. Let's, let's just look at this together. And this is a person just to set the character here who has been an athlete most of his life and fit most of his life and has loved exercise most of his life. And as I looked at the website, something clicked, which I went this is all about you. The language is all very much sort of trainer speak of the things that they would say. And I go, okay, so I've lost the weight and I've gotten in shape, but at one point I was maybe 80 or 90 pounds heavier than I am right now. Who's your typical client? Me 10 years ago or you your entire life? And suddenly I saw the eyes go wide as he realized the messaging was going to the wrong place. Mm -hmm. And even better, the power of ambiguity. So as much as I teach, here's a dozen or two specific words and patterns and how those fit into high ticket closing on the phone, writing for our websites, doing videos, networking, the powerful influence, the most powerful influence we can create is in the ambiguities. So, so imagine for a moment as if you had, this is a personal change example, just to illustrate it. If you had a specific weight loss goal and everyone out there who may have some fitness goal, check out where your mind goes when all I say is the next statement. Imagine there you are being drawn to the appropriate foods in the right portions and making use of your body to the best of your abilities to reach those ideal goals. I said absolutely nothing. Yet out of thousands of people who are going to hear this, 
It created a thousand different pictures, stories, and representations. So this is that mistake we sometimes make in business where we try to write the entire process as if we could mind read our person who's in front of us. I work a lot with people who are consultants, people who are counselors, therapists, some sort of service-based one-to-one industry. And I learned the lesson years ago to cut the phrase, book more clients out of my <laughs> language. Because I can think back when I opened up shop in 2009, and that was a time frame we like to call BC, before children. Yes. And during that time frame, my wife was working a job in Washington, D.C., commuting long hours. And I would see upwards of 35 private clients a week. And um, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> those, are, <laughs> those are very long hours. And again, there's this sort of ringmaster, multiple streams of everything that I do now. Yet it's that ability that if someone said to me back around 2013, before I took a lot of my business then online, oh, we can help you double your clientele. I'm like, oh God, no. Hell no. no. <laughs> but instead, here's, here's someone I was working with recently that he goes, as a graphic designer, I used to have a bunch of clients, one-off projects. He goes, I kind of just want 10 people this year, but I want 10 people who are going to pay me a premium to do everything. And as he focused, yes, it changed the clientele that's coming in. It did mean, and this is a bit of a growing pain sometimes for the business owner, that the things that got us started are not necessarily the things that get us to that next level. That uh, I mentioned earlier, I used to do an assembly program for schools. I haven't done that in eight years. It's business I, Darwinism. Ooh, nice. <laughs> but it is right. I yeah. mean, it, it's it. You're you're evolving as a business, and some things are going to die off. And the ones that are strong, that keep you going, that save you time, and give you the life that you're looking for, those survive. And if they don't exist yet, you as an entrepreneur start to create them. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's the power of just a simple ambiguous phrase. As you consider these new ways of running your business, think about the changes that's going to create for you. And you start to see that person nodding as you are doing right now, mm -hmm. even though I haven't given you anything specific. And again, the strongest influential language you could make use of is based on simply asking a question and listening. So the sequence was, as you make use of this new technique, think about the changes that will create for you. I see you're already nodding again. You're trying not to. As you're nodding, yep. <laughs> I'm in your head. As you're nodding, <laughs> that's when I respond. And what would that be for you? And suddenly now you are writing the sales process for me, which here comes, this is the kicker to everything. Of course, the filter that has to be there, as I always brand everything I do is ethical influence and positive persuasion. Let's always guide towards a mutual common shared outcome. Let's create raving fans rather than someone pissed off out there in the marketplace, leaving negative reviews. The benefit now becomes if I've asked you, what would that be for you? And you now answer something that is something I can help you to do either in consulting or even in my business influence systems program, then I can logically now sort of shine that spotlight on the things that are appropriate to talk about. But then again, you might now mention something that's not what I do. Oh, well, you know, I'm looking at the fact that we're right now in LLC and we're about to move states and I need to get a lawyer to structure things differently as an S-corp. And I'm like, I understood half of the words you said. <laughs> but in Virginia, most of my life, and it's just a matter of one piece of paper, changed it over. Yay, Virginia, we're for lovers. So in that experience, I'd see that it would not be appropriate to continue to sell an online program all about languaging. Now, if that was a part 
of what that person was looking for, by all means, keep it up. But I talk about that as, as being checkpoints because now there's a logical place where I shouldn't jump that next hurdle because mm -hmm. that's not what I do. And maybe I've got a resource for that person or I can at least leave them better off by going, hey, when you find something that helps you with that, let me know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's okay to not close everybody. It's okay to yeah, not force somebody into a position where they're going to buy something that they didn't really intend to. That wasn't their intention. That wasn't what they were looking for. That doesn't even help them at this particular moment in time. I'm laughing because we started on a conversation more about the hypnotherapy side of things. And it's the woman, this had to have been 2011 or so, who just calls up and she goes, there's no way I have any interest in quitting smoking, but I want to see if I can pay you to see if you can make me. But if it doesn't work, I'm going to cancel the payment to which I found a nicer way to say, lady, I ain't getting involved. And <laughs> I found a more polite, political, friendly way to say, well, you know, it's not brainwashing. Otherwise I'd be booking less appointments and charging more. However, it's about helping you to reach that goal that you want to get through and just letting it become a whole lot easier and a whole lot more comfortable. The, the history of hypnosis they were doing major surgeries and amputations using hypnotic suggestion as anesthesia for a pretty good reason. Chemical anesthesia didn't exist yet, well, which, yeah. is not, which is not to say we have to cut someone open, but on the personal change side, the nicotine's leaving the system. That's how we make that more comfortable. And I'm explaining this to her. And there was a bit of an unintended side effect because she's now out around all of her friends complaining very loudly about this fill in the blank, your favorite expletive hypnotist who wouldn't take her money and fix her. And <laughs> the unintended side effect, the friends were calling up and going, yeah, there's no way she'd ever stop. She has zero interest, but Hey, I'm ready. Can I come in? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, for advertising. By, <laughs> by finding a good reason to turn someone away because I didn't want her to pay me to say that something wasn't going to work. Cause that was her intention. Anyway, she was mm -hmm. going to validate that no matter what, that's not even a hypnosis conversation. That would have had the same result, patch, gum, whatever, other than strapping someone she to a bed. She was convicted to stay what she's doing. Yeah, yeah she was looking to validate, which again, that's one out of thousands of people, mind you, but yeah. it's a more fun story, it turns out. But the fact that I did not take someone's money created more goodwill in the marketplace. And eventually she sent me a cool message to go, well, from a slightly negative respect, there were hints of early signs of, I forget if it was either COPD or emphysema, but she goes, yeah, I kind of hit that threshold of enough is enough. And I stopped. <laughs> she chose. She, goes, she chose, which yeah. congratulations. Good for you. Exactly. So the same as again, let's not, this is the ethical aspect of everything that we ought to do when we see that, okay, if here's my 15 steps, which sounds like a lot for high ticket closing, but some steps only take five seconds. If I'm there and I'm on step six and I'm realizing what I do is not what they're looking for. We have a polite exit point other than again, creating conflict, creating a challenge. So see people where they are, help them to get where they want to be. That's the premise of it all. Well, let's open up the door for the audience to, uh, to get a hold of you. If they're ready to, to make a change in their life and point them in the right direction, maybe change some mindset, maybe get them squared up to, to take advantage of the opportunities that lay in front of them. How can they get a hold of you? Let the, let the listening audience know. Yeah, so two easy way to track two easy ways to track me down. Uh, I do a podcast called Hypnotic Language Hacks, and everywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find that program. Just do a search for Hypnotic Language Hacks. We're even on YouTube. We produced a video as well, and then head over to JasonLanette.com. The, the last name is spelled with one N 
and two T's, no extra letters at the end. But anyone out there who's done anything with websites loves this next statement. I own all of the wrong misspellings and they point to the right place. <laughs> awesome. But it's well L-I-N-E-T-T, or I'm sure you'll put show. Oh, you can see on the screen right now, the spelling there. So that's yep. where you can also find the podcast. You can check out Business Influence Systems, which is my educational program teaching strategies of influence, or there's also the Business Influence Accelerator, which is my one-to-one process. Jason, it's been an honor getting to know you, my friend. I learned a lot today. Uh, you know, just just again, anything to me, any any little thing that I can do to adjust my mindset, especially, I mean, even if it's something on a normal day, maybe you have the greatest attitude and the positive mentality, you know, 99% of the time, but that 1% that you're down, if you can figure out a way just to shift it and get yourself back into back in motion, I mean, all those things are helpful. There's no reason why we need to live a life uh, of, of frustration and hate and anger. We can shift that uh, mentality and do some positive in this world. And, and I see you already doing that. Uh, and, and I can feel the energy, even though you're you know many, many states away. Uh, but I can feel the energy and the, and the positivity coming from you. So thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. This has been awesome. And I tend to say, change your words, change your business, change your life. There's the formula. That's it. Pretty simple. All right, ladies and gents. Uh, and we have another show at four o'clock. So I'm looking forward to checking you guys out at four o'clock until then enjoy the rest of your SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the business bros podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.